What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Bully Ball Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero, filling in for Jason Aponte. And as always, on Tuesday, Steph Sanchez. What up, Steph? What up? It's a little early, but I'm um, bringing my energy for you. Good. That's what I like. You know I'm all about energy. We got some stuff to talk about. We're going to get into some signings by the 49ers, some departures from the 49ers. Everybody that's coming into the NFL draft is appearing on your YouTube channel, 49 Carrots. So everybody should go and check that out. You've been killing it. Thank you. Thank you. I've I've been trying to uh, diversify my content, grow my draft content. So that's really what that is about. And it's great to have, you know, guys on, on the channel. It's hard not to root for them after the fact. So at this point, I have like. 20 plus guys. I don't want the 49ers to draft. Won't happen, I don't think, but uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> well, you should go and subscribe to that. You just got over 2,000 subscribers, so congratulations there. And you should subscribe to this channel as well. Please and thank you. And if you uh, take the time to leave a review on the podcast feed, we will read it on the show. All right, let's get into it now. Niners making splash moves that none of us expected. By now, I'm sure you know the news. Javon Hargrave, come on down. Kevin Givens is back. Sam Darnold is here. Before we dive into these specific moves, Steph, just generally, let me ask you this question. Are the 49ers better right now than they were when 2022 ended? Yes, I would say yes, because I think we could just go right into the Hargrave signing, because I think that's where that answer comes from for me. I think this makes their defense so much better that it's going to have trickle-down effects to other sides as well. You know, the secondary, of course, as we know. And it'll help the offense, too, I think. Um, I mean, Hargrave, he's he's an absolute beast. He had 57 pressures last year. To put that into perspective, Eric Armstead had 20, who we love, Eric Armstead, right? And, and you know, we talk about the impact that he has on this defensive line. 20 pressures last year. Givens, 13. McGill, 10. Ridgeway, 8. Ridgeway's gone, by the way. Uh, I believe he wanted the Texans, right? So yep. uh, good for him. Uh, I wanted him back, but it makes sense to not bring him back after you get a guy like Hargrave. You don't need <laughs> much anything else after that. So you get my point. This acquisition, I think, makes the 49ers leaps and bounds better. Um, you know, it, I think this is the maybe the best that we've seen this defensive line be in the Shanahan era, right? Just on paper, mm. right? Mm, can I say that? Interesting. I don't know, because who you put in, I would argue right now, 2019, with Buckner in the middle and a, and a somewhat healthy D Ford on the other side is better. Um, but I think that's what the Niners are trying to get back to with this. They yeah. realized we were not getting enough push up the middle. And you said it, but I just want to go back to it because it's stunning to me. The top three interior pass rushers for the 49ers last year had 47 combined pressures. Hargrave had 57 by himself. That's a massive upgrade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and don't even get me started on the actual contract. Um, <laughs> because Parag, Parag, what was he cooking? The deal includes two <laughs> void years and his cap hit in 2023 is just $6.6 million. That's a steal. Also, you got to think about the fact that Hargrave has been healthy a lot. I think in the last seven years, he's only missed two games due to injury. That is something the 49ers would welcome 
any freaking day and they they have it now so i i think it's it's worth it for them in the last two seasons he has 118 pressures 19 sacks 62 stops so he's a molar in the run game as well 19.3 percent win rate his 14.1 percent pressure rate is he, he's the highest of any defensive tackle um, he's the only one over 12%. So we wanted Deron Payne. You know, me and Jay talked about it a couple weeks ago. That would have been like our dream free agent signing. I kind of take that back now. I mean, if I knew we could have had Hargrave the whole time, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy. And they they did the signing right out of the gate, which I am also happy with. We didn't have to wait for it. It seemed like the 49ers didn't even have to really compete with anyone for it. I think uh, the rumor was that the Browns were another team that were interested in, uh, you know, I, I think the rumor was that the Browns might've uh, offered him a little bit more, but he went to the 49ers. Um, you know, so I, I think that says a lot about, you know, how he feels about this team. Uh, and and where they could be going next. Get my Absolutely. Drift. I think that the Niners realized that Javon Kinlaw was a miss. And when you miss in the draft, you pay in free agency. That's just how it works. Teams would much prefer to hit on their draft picks because they're cheaper. Niners, it didn't work out with Kinlaw. And maybe it was all due to the, the knee and he was never able to fully show the potential that he had. But they couldn't wait on him anymore. They absolutely had to upgrade in the middle of that defense. They did that now with Hargrave in a massive way. And, and if you want to be a, you know, a skeptic and say, well, he was surrounded by talent in Philadelphia and that's why he looks so good. Well, guess what? He's still surrounded by talent. So I, I don't see any downside to this signing. You mentioned the structure of the deal. It's fantastic. And it works if the Niners stick with Purdy, obviously. And it works with the, if the Niners stick with Lance, because it's really only a two-year deal, essentially. Both of those guys are going to be on their rookie deals. Niners are taking advantage of that, which is exactly what they should do, especially if it's Brock, because you'll never have a quarterback on a cheaper deal than what Brock Purdy is playing on right now. So this is just smart team building by the Niners. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, we could go right ahead into the other quarterback that the 49ers added into the mix, Sam Darnold. It's a one-year deal for him. He has a base value of $4.5 million. 3.5 guaranteed. I know we were talking about this uh, before we went live, Rob. What do you think this guaranteed money uh, means? I think it means that there's a legitimate chance that Sam Darnold is more than just a third string quarterback. Tim Kawakami had an article for The Athletic where basically he's like, the Niners are in overdrive, all in mode, hyper focused on winning a Super Bowl. And what it says to me is, Trey Lance starts week one and he's not great or the team loses. I wouldn't be stunned to see Darnold in there week two if if Brock is not ready to go, which I think there's a chance that maybe Brock opens the season on the pup list and they kind of clear the runway, give him time to come back. So I think that this Sam Darnold thing, I think there's a reason he went to San Francisco. Now, maybe it's just because he's seen the injury history of quarterback and he thinks he has a chance to play. But I think this is more than just, yeah, Sam's our third string guy. We know the Niners loved him. There was a report they offered the Jets a first round pick for him before he went to the Panthers. Remember that? That was a real thing that happened. Shanahan's clearly been high on him. And I just, I think that their faith in Lance is slim to none. And so they are trying to do everything they can to hedge their bet, essentially. And I think that's what this is. 
Uh, you know, I disagree. I don't think the guaranteed really means much of anything. Uh, and one example I have is Nate Sudfeld. You know, didn't he get some guarantees from this team and ended up getting cut? So I don't think it means too much. And I'm, that's not to say that Sam Darnold is going to get cut. He's absolutely not going to be. But, you know, I don't think it's indicative of where the 49ers view him on the totem pole. I still think that Trey Lance is going to get his fair shot. Now, I did say yesterday on Twitter, if Trey Lance has any trouble beating out Sam Darnold, if that even becomes a competition, we're in trouble, right? I mean, that's probably uh, it for, for Trey Lance in San Francisco, I would have to think, because in bringing in a guy like Sam Darnold, I feel it's it's someone who is you know great depth but it's not exactly someone who's necessarily threatening uh to trey lance or brock purdy you know on this team and i think for sam darnold the the guarantees to me probably mean more like this is a weird situation you might be the third quarterback so we're just gonna throw you a bone this 3.5 million just so you know you take this deal because we we really need someone of quality in the third spot seeing as how no one can stay healthy on this team um if you're a quarterback uh so i i think that's what it was but you know altogether i i like this signing you know darnold he he showed pretty well last season he wasn't terrible he went four two as a starter for the panthers um and some of that overlapped with steve wilkes being the interim head coach so i'm sure he gave uh, a bit of a maybe endorsement for Darnold to, you know, come over here to San Francisco. He had seven touchdowns, three interceptions. So, you know, maybe Kyle Shanahan feels like this is a good reclamation project. You mentioned the fact that, you know, Kyle Shanahan has liked him for some time, even coming out of the draft, they liked him. So, you know, it's not surprising that he wants to bring him in now and see what he can do with him. Now, again, I still don't think that is necessarily any threat to Trey Lance as of right now, but we'll just have to wait and see when this offseason gets rolling. I don't know. I mean, Sudfeld, you're right. They gave him guaranteed money and then they cut him, but I think that's because Purdy was way better than they expected. Like, if they knew Purdy was going to be that good, one, they probably don't bring back Jimmy Garoppolo, and two, they definitely don't give Nate Sudfeld all that money. They fell ass backwards into Brock Purdy. They had no idea he was going to be capable of that because if they did, they would have picked him way before the seventh round. So I think that they, when they signed Sudfeld, they thought this is got the guy that's going to be the backup. And then he got so outperformed by Brock Purdy that then they pivoted and said, okay, we don't need Nate anymore. We're good with Brock. I think that this is more than just a third string guy. I'm not a Sam Darnold fan. He turns the ball over. He has a 78.2 career passer rating. That is the lowest among all quarterbacks that have thrown at least a 1,000 passes since Darnold came into the league. And you could say he was with the Jets and blah, blah, blah. I don't like that guy. I don't want him anywhere near this team. And I I don't like the signing. I just don't. Do you, do you think the 49ers' um, expectations for Trey Lance are too low? Um, no, I think they're too high. I think they, they're wanting him to be perfect. I think if he's not perfect right away, Kyle's moving off of him, especially, like I said, if they're super focused on being all in, like Kyle don't want to start three and four this year, you know? But what I mean is, I mean, you, you said that, you know, they're, they're bringing in Sam Darnold and it's, you know, they kind of view him as 
potentially someone who can push Trey Lance. So clearly they don't think much of Trey Lance if, mm-hmm. you know, what you say is is true in, in, in actual reality, right? I mean, so do you think in that case that they are just underestimating him a little bit? I just think that they have, they never have the patience for him. They don't ever want to just go through the growing pains. They talked like they did, but then they immediately signed Jimmy Garoppolo before they handed the keys to Trey Lance. So like, it's all been talk with the 49ers. Every action that they have taken completely undercuts the message that they are trying to put out there with Trey. And I feel bad for the kid because everybody expects him to make this giant leap forward, right? He's got to make this leap. He's got to be way better. I don't know how the hell that's supposed to happen when he's been rehabbing all offseason and has four career starts. Like, how is he magically supposed to be better? He has to play to get better. You don't, when you drive a car, you don't magically sit in the driver's seat and suddenly become a good driver. You got to go through driver's ed. You got to have the, the teacher on the other side with the brake pedal fixing all your mistakes. And then eventually you get it. But the Niners don't ever want to do that. They want him to be a Formula One driver right out of the gate. Yeah, I I mean, we've talked about it, right? It's it's definitely unfair the situation that, you know, Trey Lance is in. Uh but, you know, I still don't think personally that that Darnold is going to overtake Trey Lance for the number 2 spot. But we'll just have to wait and see. But look, Darnold's 25, Purdy's 23, Lance is 22. I think we can all agree this is a young and cost-controlled quarterback room. And I love that because it's what makes moves like the Hargrave signing possible. Um, And so this is best case scenario for the 49ers. I think they've wanted to have this for quite some time, not have so much money strapped to the quarterback position and spend on other uh, positions. Because as we've seen, the 49ers still feel like it doesn't matter too much who's at quarterback as long as we have the weapons around them on offense and defense, you're not a fan of that clearly, but I mean, I I just think that's how the 49ers feel. They like this quarterback room. I agree with you. And I'm starting to wonder if that's the problem. I actually just texted. It absolutely is the problem, Rob. (laughs) I'm, I just texted this to Vish this morning. Quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. All of sports, you go back to all the 49ers' big losses and their quarterback, they've had the lesser quarterback in all of them, and their quarterback has been the number one reason why they haven't come through. And I just think that Kyle's philosophy with the position is that he's always looking for good enough. He just wants a guy that's tall enough to ride the bumper cars. Just give me Kirk Cousins. He's good enough. I can win with him. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he's good enough. I can... Like, no, you can't settle for good enough at that position. You have to shoot for the moon. And if you end up with good enough, okay. But good enough shouldn't be the goal. And I just wonder if Kyle is so eager to jump on somebody that he thinks is good enough because his system is so good that he's he's missing the point. you got to have a stud there. And I just don't know if, if the 49ers have the right philosophy for the position in 2023. You say quarterback is the most important position on the team. That is true. But I get the sense, you know, Kyle Shanahan feels like he is the most important position (laughs) on the team as the play caller, right? You got to shoot for the moon. He is the moon, you know, in in his mind. He just Mm -hmm. wants a quarterback who can execute the offense that he puts out because in his mind, this offense is perfect. It is. It has all the tools you need to be successful. 
just do it like that. That's really all it is for him. And so whether that's true or not is I think is still up for debate because I only say that because the 49ers did go to the NFC championship with Brock Purdy. um, And who knows what would have happened after that if, you know, Brock Purdy had not gotten hurt. So really more so than anything, I think health has been in the way of the 49ers more so than the quarterback itself, because they have had a lot of a ton of success more than I think any other team would have with these quarterbacks, you know, in this situation. That's fair. But at the same time, the NFC championship game is not the goal. The goal is not to make a Super Bowl. The goal is a Super Bowl title. Tell me the last quarterback who was good enough that won a Super Bowl title. Nick Foles with the Eagles in 2018? Maybe, but Nick Foles played great in that playoff run. He didn't play like a guy that was good enough. I mean, hell, Jalen Hurts had the Super Bowl of his life. Jalen Hurts was awesome in the Super Bowl. If they had won, he would be getting incredible praise and he would have deserved it. And they still didn't win and they still had a great defense. That's why I, I just worry about the 49ers from the position of do they value the quarterback as much as they should? Because the Eagles had just as good of a defense, arguably, as the 49ers and a much better quarterback. And they still couldn't win because the other guy went God mode. And the Niners don't have a quarterback that can do that right now. OK, uh, yes, it's a little unfair because, you know, Purdy got hurt. So we don't know what would have happened in that game. But, you know, I, I agree with you. I do think the 49ers have told us over and over again to this point that they don't value the quarterback position like, you know, other teams would. You know, but at the same time, they have gone for other quarterbacks in the past, right? Maybe like Aaron Rodgers. They were interested in Aaron Rodgers at one point in time. Uh, but I think they like having cheaper options at, at quarterback. That kind of that's the sense that I get. So as of right now, again, young, cost-controlled quarterback room. I'm not mad at it. You have three guys with starting experience. One of them gets hurt. The other one theoretically should be able to come in and, you know, not miss a step, right? Hopefully we don't get into that, uh, you know, situation again, but at least they're thinking about it. Speaking of quarterbacks and the quarterback situation, let's get into some of the guys that have left the 49ers, starting with, of course, Mr. Viva Las Vegas himself, Jimmy Garoppolo, going to reunite with his old coach, going to look fantastic in that Raiders uniform, I think it's a brilliant move by Jimmy. He goes to another guy, one, he's comfortable with, and two, Josh McDaniels is a really, really good play caller and offensive mind. He is going to essentially create a similar situation with what Jimmy had with Kyle Shanahan. Josh McDaniels is going to be able to, excuse me, hide some of Jimmy's deficiencies, set him up in a position to succeed, Like people were saying, oh, it was Vegas or Houston. Why would Jimmy go to Houston with a defensive head coach and a roster that does not have a lot of stars? I think Vegas is a great spot for Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought it was a good move by him. Yeah, I agree. And I think it just proves that, you know, what happened last year, bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back was a win-win for both sides because now the 49ers could potentially get a comp pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo had a market. Even even with the Aaron Rodgers thing still being up in the air, Jimmy Garoppolo had a market, and it wasn't a 
terrible one. And he landed in a spot, like you mentioned, that he has familiarity with, that he's had success in. So he gets his money. He got his bag. I mean, can't can't hate on that. That's kind of what was the goal for him this entire time. And, you know, he got it. Uh, patience paid off, you know, coming back to San Francisco one more year. So, um Good for him. I've I've been saying for, you know, much of this offseason that for once I did not care what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo because mm-hmm. I knew he he wasn't going to be on the 49ers anymore. So wherever he was going to go, okay. See ya. Thank you. Um and yeah, I mean, I'm we'll we'll see what happens uh, you know, with the Raiders. Personally, I, I don't know if this is an upgrade for them, but that's that's another podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> um what is your philosophy with Jimmy? Like my whole thing is we're divorced now. Like that, that's the magic of divorce. I don't have to care about Jimmy. I'm not going to keep an eye on if he plays well or if he plays poorly, he's not my problem. So I'm not going to be sitting there like, Oh, Trey Lance is struggling. Brock Purdy struggling, whatever. Look how good Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's not part of the team anymore. He's done. I'm done with him. I don't have to think about him anymore. Do you feel the same way? That's yeah, and that's exactly what I'm saying. That like this off season, I felt great about that fact that I, I didn't have to care about where he was going because it has no impact on the 49ers, except of course for the comp pick. But you know, I already assumed that the 49ers were going to get that. Uh, so yeah, I I feel great about it. And you know, that's not to say that we're not thankful for his time. Thank you for your service here in San Francisco. I roll from Rob. <laughs> But Gotta take Jimmy out for an ice cream cone before we talk about him leaving. <laughs> That's what the money is for. <laughs> yeah, no, he he got paid handsomely, no pun intended, in San Francisco, <laughs> and he gets paid handsomely once again in Vegas. So good for him. He played the game, uh, you know, both from the money standpoint and on the field. <laughs> Don Yee's no fool, man. Oh, like, no, not at all. <laughs> He handled, I think Don Yee handled the situation perfectly from his just purely looking out for the best interests of his client. Uh, There's a reason that he represented Tom Brady when Brady was playing in the league and good on him. Jimmy Garoppolo gets his money. He's going to be, I mean, he's in a hell of a division. uh, So that was kind of surprising, but from a personal, I know, right? You got to play Mahomes twice a year, Herbert twice a year. Russell Wilson, I mean, maybe you're not as worried about it now, but Sean Payton is there, so that's a whole thing. And Jimmy's going to see his boy twice a year, Steph, Mike McGlinchey, because he got the absolute bag from the Denver Broncos. $50 million guaranteed. How do you feel about that one? That's absolutely insane to me. I knew that Mike McGlinchey was going to have a market. I mean, I thought he was going to go to the Bears. So I don't know if for the Broncos, they Mm -hmm. had to kind of overpay to, you know, get him to come to Denver. But good for him. I'm glad the 49ers didn't think about making that deal. It makes a ton of sense why the 49ers just like, you know, we know you're going to get the bag. We're not going to pay it. We're not going to pick up this tab. So, um, yeah, good, good for him. Uh, that will be tough, I think, for McGlinchey as well. He's got to face Max Crosby twice a year as well. Um, you know, Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough, it, it's a tough division, I think. So, but you know, he's gonna be happy. He because he's he's got the cash now. Um, and yeah, I'm just glad the 49ers didn't want to pay that. It makes complete sense. But now the question for me becomes, what do they do at right tackle? Is Colton McKivitz the guy who they gave a two-year deal to? 
it would certainly suggest that they at least want him to compete. Uh, so I'm, I'm not opposed to that, having him compete. I would be a little upset if they just handed him, you know, the job, but mm-hmm. I think they're going to probably bring in someone else, maybe a free agent, maybe a rookie to compete with McKivitz for that right tackle spot. It's interesting because it's difficult to find offensive linemen. Adam Peters did an interview with, I think, Matt Barrows in The Athletic, and he talked about how, like, there's only a few programs around the country that run the same kind of running game that the Niners have. And so when you're looking at an offensive lineman, it can be tricky. And I almost wonder if the Niners' philosophy is like, let's draft offensive linemen and hopefully they have, you know, the raw physical skills to run the system and then we'll teach them the finer points when they get here. And then in year two, they'll be able to start for us. Kind of like what they did with Aaron Banks. Now, luckily they had like Tomlinson in that spot. So they didn't have a a glaring need where they had to throw him in there right away. But I wonder if the Niners look at it like McKibbitts has been here. He knows what's up. He's got a minimum level of ability that we're comfortable with. And then we'll draft somebody this year and groom them to take over a year from now. I think that's been their philosophy, you know, for a couple of years now. And it's not just on the offensive line. I think that's kind of be- become the norm everywhere for them. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason is because they have depended on, you know, rookies to be day one starters. And that hasn't panned out for them too well in the past. You think about Javon Kinlaw, you think about Trey Lance. When you are in a win now window, and we talk about the fact that the 49ers are not patient, they, I think even within the locker room, there's expectations and there's, there's a lack of patience, right? Like, come on, like we, we want to win now, which is rich coming from a team that starts the season slow every season. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I digress. Um, but, you know, I, I think that that has kind of worked for them actually to kind of just groom someone because, Let's face it, this team, especially on offense, I think there's a lot for a rookie to take in, and it's already a a lot to expect that they're going to go in day one, not only be the starter, but be a good starter, right? So I think they've taken this approach, and it's it's worked for them. So I do think they are going to draft a a offensive lineman, maybe a couple offensive linemen, um, because after all, center is still a question mark too. The 49ers reportedly still interested in bringing Jake Brendel back, but he does have a market, um, a couple teams in that market and teams who have more money than the 49ers do. So I would say at this point, it's um, unless Jake Brendel makes that decision of taking a hometown discount going back to the 49ers. I don't see him coming back just based on the market that he has. So I think the 49ers are going to have to draft a couple offensive linemen and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, but you know, I'm, I like the strategy. I I like the strategy. I can't really uh, complain about it too much. Good for Jake Brendel, by the way, he's been in the league since 2016. Like don't take a hometown discount, go get the bag. If you get as much as you could get, if you're him, uh, you know, he's a guy that barely even started before last year and he was a Pro Bowl alternate. If he can get the money, get the money. Do you think that the 49ers could do at right tackle what they did at right guard last year, which is right guard that had the rotation of Spencer Burford and Daniel Brunskill? Do you think that we might see a rookie that they draft in a rotation with Colton McKivitz at right tackle 
as a way to sort of keep the training wheels on like they did last year with Burford. Are you just saying like in training camp or? or you're no, saying... I'm saying during the year. They, I mean, they rotated Burford and Brunskill last year at right guard during games. There were oh, a whole series, yeah. Yeah. you know, where they would swap in and out. Do you think they could do the same thing at right tackle? That was weird. That it was, was weird. weird. I don't want them to do that again. Um, I'm not sure why they did that in the first place. Uh, maybe they didn't have their full trust in, in Burford quite mm-hmm. yet. Not sure, but maybe they do that. I'm not a fan of that. I don't think that should become a norm because, let's face it, offensive line is all about cohesion. It's all about gelling together as a group. And and once offensive line kind of hit that stride where they're all kind of the timing, the cadence is all on the same page, that's where, you know, good things start to happen. You throw in a guy there in the middle of the season or, you know, you're just rotating and, and messing with that. It, I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I think that could lead to other issues. Now, you know, Brunscale, for the most part, he, he did fine with it. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see that happening, uh, especially with a rookie. I, I don't think everything you're saying makes sense. Uh, but I had never seen anybody do that before last year with, with the Niners and right guard. So I have no idea if they're going to do it again, but I agree with you. I, you want stability, you want cohesion, you want the, the line to gel. We've seen with the 49ers, their line gets better throughout the year. Yeah. Their line was blocking way. Yeah, probably. They were blocking way better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year. Um, So hopefully they don't do that, but we'll see. And then another departure for the Niners came later on yesterday evening. Jimmy Ward reportedly agreeing to a contract with the Houston Texans makes all the sense in the world. Number one, he can play safety, which I think was important to him. Number two, D'Amico Ryans brings him in. That's his guy, right? He knows Jimmy Ward. All new coaches like to have in their first year a handful of guys that they worked with that know the system, that can establish the culture inside the locker room, set the standard. Jimmy Ward's going to do all of that stuff. And I love Jimmy Ward. I love his personality. I love the Instagram lives. I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I'm going to miss him too. You know, I a couple years ago, I, I would have said that I would have loved Jimmy Ward to retire as a Niner. Now, the reason that I wasn't saying it this past year is because I think the writing was on the wall that that was not going to be the case, right? So I, I, I kind of accepted it. Um, but this is a great spot, I think, for Jimmy Ward. You know, he goes back to safety. And it's a great spot for the uh, Texans as well because, you know, they get a veteran, they get experience, and he's going to be playing alongside a uh, second-year Jalen Petrie, who I really like. Um, and so he, you know, to, to have a guy like Jimmy Ward, who is a blue collar veteran, um, you know, to have under your wing is going to be, uh, you know, really special for that team and for D'Amico. So I think it's going to work out for them, uh, excited for Jimmy Ward. Um, you know, I wasn't really buying the, this whole, like I I would come back to the 49ers (laughs) kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know, maybe he just wanted to see what would happen with his market. But, you know, I, I knew there would be a team that would offer him, you know, a, a contract with the intention of playing him at safety, which I think, you know, ultimately that's kind of what he wanted, right? So, you know, this is a good situation for him. Um, now for the 49ers and their secondary, what this means for them, I I saw that they were poking around at, at some, you know, nickel corners, which I was like, huh, that's a little strange because they have Samuel Womack and they have Lenore. Why are 
why would you bring in a third nickel? It's a little excessive. Um, but I think it all hinges on what happens with Emmanuel Mosley. And Emmanuel Mosley, um, I think it was Jordan Schultz uh, reporting that a couple of playoff teams are interested in him. Damn. And so <laughs> I was like, is one of those playoff teams the 49ers? I hope so. <laughs> I, hope so. Um, I, I have been a big fan of, of bringing Emmanuel Mosley back, and I want that to happen. But, you know, I think what they do at secondary kind of hinges on him coming back or not, because if Emmanuel Mosley's gone, suddenly Lenore's your outside corner. Who is your nickel yep. then at that point? Samuel Womack. It doesn't seem like the 49ers have the confidence in Womack to hand him the the nickel starting job at this point. So um, they're going to want to bring someone else in. So I think that's why they're doing some of their due, due diligence. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But curious what you think about uh, how the secondary sh- shakes out. Yeah, it is interesting. Samuel Womack doesn't seem to have the confidence. Ambry Thomas might not even be on this roster next year. So I think the Niners would love to see Emmanuel Mosley back because that just slots everybody into the exact position that the 49ers want. Uh, With Jimmy Ward gone now, clearly, do you think the starting safety spot is Deshaun Gibson's? Or do you think that they may draft somebody and let them compete? Why not both? I think Tashawn Gibson on a one-year deal doesn't—it doesn't mean you have to start him. You know what I mean? But they yep. definitely have to draft a, a safety because worse at worst you're grooming someone. As we mentioned, they like to do that. So I think that's the most likely scenario. Um, Gibson starts, and and they have a a safety who they like who they they would plan to start next season. So, uh, you know, I, I like how the, the safety is working out. I That was my question, right? It, does Steve Wilkes want to have Tashawn Gibson back? He's going to play a lot more single high. You know, does Gibson want to come back and take on that extra responsibility at his age, right? But seems like at least for one other year, he, he's willing to do that. And you don't want – I don't want Hufanga in single high. No. I just That would be terrifying God, no. to me. The Niners' Achilles heel on defense last year was big pass plays. They gave up more 50-yard pass plays, I think, than anybody else in the league last season. And that has to go on. It goes on everybody, but certainly it goes on Gibson as well. So I'd love to see the Niners invest in the safety position. I feel like they haven't. Like, they've ignored the safety position. I mean, even Gibson last year. He was just a, a guy that they, you know, like a budget veteran that they brought in. Now he ended up having a very good year leading the team in interceptions. But you've got to invest a little something in that position. So I hope they do that through the draft and let them battle it out and, and let the best man win. I'd, I'd be totally fine with that. But you're right. The secondary is interesting how it's shaping out. I really hope they bring Emmanuel Mosley back. He was playing awesome last year before he got hurt. He and Ward were locking it down. And in the NFC West, with the receivers that are there, at least right now, you got to have good corners. Yeah, I mean, really, all over the NFL, you have to have good corners. And, you know, we talk about if the 49ers want to win a Super Bowl, they're going to have to get through the Chiefs, that probably for the next decade, right? You're going <laughs> to need some good corners. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm actually surprised that Emmanuel Mosley has such a healthy market mm-hmm. right now. Good for him. Um, he definitely deserved it with the way he was playing. I was just hoping it was low enough on the radar that other teams didn't really notice or or value, you know, what he brought to the table, but it seems like clearly they do. So 
it seems like the 49ers, if Emmanuel Mosley goes elsewhere, they'll be looking for a free agent corner or and or drafting one. Speaking of the 49ers secondary, by the way, we also got a little bit of news today. This is not exactly shocking, but the Niners have restructured Mooney Ward's contract, freeing up a little less than $10 million in cap room. I mean, I didn't think the Niners had any room to breathe without signing Javon Hargrave. I thought they were going to have to restructure these guys anyway. Obviously, yeah. with the Hargrave signing, they have to do it. Uh, I would expect more restructures, right? Possibly Fred Warner, possibly Christian McCaffrey. Uh, maybe George Kittle, possibly. I don't know. Um, Didn't they but restructure, restructure him last season? They do it again. Did they restructure Kittle. Okay, I was. I know they restructured Armstead already. Um, yeah, Kittle last year too. Okay, so but they're gonna have to do a little more of this because yeah. they just they have to. They they don't have the room, and plus the the Bosa deal obviously is gonna come probably a couple months from now in August. As expected, it, we have a soft deadline, right? Uh, pretty much today before free agency officially starts tomorrow. They are under the cap, so I, maybe I shouldn't say that it's now a deadline because they are under the cap now after the uh, Mooney Ward restructure. But yeah, I mean, if they're going to continue to sign more guys, they're they're going to have to do um, more restructure. It, you know, it, it happens, and I trust this team, the way that they work, the way that they plan their financials it seems like there is a plan in place not just for you know the one season but for you know a couple seasons they're always thinking ahead so whatever they do i i know that you know they they have a plan in place for for some of these guys some of these deals was there any other player or topic you wanted to get into aziz alshire wishing 49er fans well on instagram the other day yeah, I mean, Aziz was was one of those guys who I thought was going to be leaving as well. And it, again, makes most sense for him to also go to the Texans. I'm actually surprised that hasn't, you know, been done yet, right? But, you know, the Texans are pretty busy. They have a lot of work to do on that roster. So, you know, maybe maybe waiting for Aziz's market and, you know, see what they could pay him. But I definitely expect him to go to Houston. And again, that's a good scenario for him good for D'Amico Ryans. And I think the 49ers like uh, Marcelino McCreary ball. So, and DFF, they have um, uh, Demetrius Flanagan fouls as well. So, you know, those two guys will probably duke it out for, you know, the last linebacker spot. I know that Trent Balky used to take a lot of heat for drafting guys coming off ACLs, but like Aziz Alshire is a great success story for the 49ers. He was coming off an ACL. They got him back. They rehabbed him up, and he was really, really good for them. In terms of surplus value, what they were paying for him versus what they got out of him, that's a massive success story for the 49ers. It stinks to lose him because you want to have as many of those guys on your team as you can, but you, those are the guys you can't overpay for. It stinks to let him go, but you just can't. And even McGlinchey, like I think the Niners have a good sense of, we will pay for our top-of-the-market guys. Kittle, Warner, you could argue that they should have taken Buckner over Armstead. But if, if they see a guy that's a premium guy, the Niners are okay paying a premium. But I think what they have a good sense of is, yes, this player is very good, but his value is not going to exceed what it what we would have to pay to keep him. So we have to let him go. And I think they did it with McGlinchey, and I think they did it with Aziz. 
And I think part of that is uh, that falls into this kind of comp pick farm that they have going on um, <laughs> that, you know, John Lynch admitted they weren't so good at, you know, in the beginning of their tenure here in San Francisco, and that that was something they kind of had to get better at and figure out, you know, how to do that and, and be okay with letting some guys go because, you know, you're, you are going to get something back. And that has worked out for them because, Hey, they got they have eleven picks now in this draft. Several, you know, third rounders, several seventh rounders. So, and they're not going to use all those. So now they got ammunition to move around um, draft day. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's worked out for them as well. And, and I do think that's something that they've improved on over time, where they aren't paying everyone, you know, because I think. It, if they did bring Aziz back, you know, we'd kind of be scratching our heads. At least some of us, we would like it, but then we'd also be like, oh, "Is that too much?" You know, <laughs> like kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they've learned and it's worked out for them. And they're going to get some comp picks this year too. Yeah, McGlinchey, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Ward. There, maybe not seven uh, like they got yeah. this year. Well- one of those is going to be uh, canceled out, right, with the Hargrave acquisition. Yeah. So, and some of those are not due to players leaving. Some of those comp picks are due to minority head coaches getting hired, but uh, they're still due a couple picks of that. D'Amico Ryan's, uh, the, and if uh, I think you have to stay with the team for two years in order to earn the comp pick if they go somewhere else. So Steve Wilkes would have to stick around for two years uh, if they get one for him. But they're they're still going to get more of those next year too. Um, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I just think I, everywhere else, the roster building to me is sound, and I get it, and you can see the logic. Quarterback is the only spot that remains a mystery to me, but everywhere else, I feel like I think they got it. They know what their plan is. They stick to their plan, and we'll just have to wait and see how the quarterback thing plays out, but I've loved the offseason for the Niners so far. Yeah, and it, it's it's still early. That's a crazy thing. There's, I think there's a lot more to come i mean if you had a guess what other positions you think they would be targeting i i think the center market is not as crazy as i thought it was going to be i and I, I saw some reports that you know for for the centers no one's really trying to pay too much so the market is is kind of you know low which is good it's good for the 49ers and i want to bring brendel back but even if mm-hmm. they don't bring brendel back I, there's going to be some options out there for them um, and also maybe they bring in an edge rusher because there's a lot of good guys. There's a lot of good edge rushers out there. And I think they can, yes, they could do their reclamation project, but they can bring in a really productive veteran like a Calais Campbell who got cut yesterday mm-hmm. um, and, and have them be effective here. But if you had to pick, like what, what positions are you kind of, you know, keeping an eye on for the 49ers? I think what happens next is going to have a huge effect on the Niners draft. If they can get Brendel back, that would be massive. Cause I, otherwise like they're going to have to go and get a center in the draft at some point. And maybe they need to do it anyway. I don't know, but I think that I think they would prefer at this point to sign a veteran pass rusher, like a Clay's Campbell, like you mentioned, unique and Gonkway. I would absolutely love to see unique and Gonkway with the 49ers. Um, I don't know if they want to go in the draft for another pass rusher. They still have Drake Jackson, who's, you know, their kind of young guy that they are hoping takes a step forward. So I think center 
and edge rusher are the two spots that I look to see how the 49ers fill before heading into April's draft. Wow, we're on the same page. First time all show. It's been 43 <laughs> minutes. We're finally on the same page. Um, Niners, like you said, they're not going to make all their picks. I don't think that they should. No. They don't have 11 spots on the team that are up for grabs. They didn't make any trades in the draft last year. It was boring as hell. Do you put it past them to move up into the second round this year? If there's a guy, if they, if they like, uh, you know, a Sam Laporta or maybe a tackle somewhere, do you see them trading potentially some 2024 picks to move up this year? Yes, I do. I said the same thing last last season too. <laughs> um, but they did trade up, right? Didn't they did trade up for, didn't they trade up for Drake Jackson? I thought. No, they didn't make any trades. I'm, 95% sure. Okay. Okay. Um, well, yeah. So then I did think that last season and they didn't. So um, who knows? This, this team is kind of funny how they move, but I, I do think that with 11 picks and to your point, they don't have 11 open roster spots. Um, I, I think it just makes sense for them to, you know, use some of that draft capital to move up, especially because we're looking at a position of big need in right tackle. That's what I would like them to um, address early in the draft, because if you don't do it early, you're not, I'm not so sure you're getting an impact guy. So I, I think moving up to the second round makes a ton of sense. Now, tight end, I, I do think they're going to draft a tight end, but the draft class for tight ends is so deep that I think they can stand pat wherever they want um, to grab one. And I think some of that talent is going to end up, you know, uh, falling a little bit just just based on the fact that there's so many talented guys, right? So, um, you know, yeah, I I think offensive linemen definitely would target a tackle second round. I completely agree with you again for the second time this show. Last question before we wrap it up: of all the people you've talked to, and again, Forty Nine Carrots YouTube channel, Steph is basically talking to every incoming rookie in this year's draft, all the people that you have talked to, who is the one person you say, if I could pick, I want that guy to end up on the Niners. So, um, you know, Rob was very gracious saying that I'm meeting with everyone. I'm really not, but I am meeting with a lot of guys. A lot of these guys are probably, you know, late rounders, uh, priority UDFA kind of guys. Uh, I will say that I think the 49ers should draft a quarterback either late or, you know, just bring in a UDFA, right? One guy I really liked was Tim DeMora out of Fordham. Um, and you think uh, the 49ers have seen uh, Tim DeMora because when they were stalking Nick Zakelich over there, he was a quarterback. So they had to have noticed him. He's someone I liked, someone the 49ers have met with. Pretty much everyone that I'm having on the podcast, all these prospects have spoken to the 49ers in some capacity. Um, so just a little, little nugget there. So Demorat, I, I would like him. I also liked uh, Tyler Roberts. He's a tight end. You know, I really don't think the 49ers are going to go like digging that deep for a tight end, just because like I mentioned, they're going to have talent, um, you know, that falls to them, I think. But Tyler Roberts, I, I really liked. He's a tight end H back uh, for Merrimack and, you know, I, I like what he's made out of someone who I think can, um, you know, develop into, you know, a contributor either on special teams or maybe he's your replacement to Kyle Juszczyk, who knows, um, but someone that I liked. And then I'll also mention 
yesterday I had Thayer Thomas. He's a wide receiver out of NC State, and he is a slot uh, receiver. And I feel like the 49ers, Juwan Jennings, what, he's on like the last year of his contract, right? So they're going to need to bring in another slot guy at some point. I like Thayer Thomas. He, he kind of – He's one of those like shifty white guy receivers, um, you know, like uh, Trent Taylor uh, ran so uh, Thayer Thomas could fly kind of thing. <laughs> so I think Kyle Shanahan would still kind of want something like that in this offense just because we didn't really see it with uh, Trent Taylor as much as we could have. So Thayer Thomas, I, I kind of liked. He's a great route runner. I, I posted a clip on, on Twitter of him and – just 30 seconds straight of him just like running the filthiest routes. So Amen. I like him. There we and go. I agree. Like Jawan Jennings is a classic example of that guy we were just talking about. Really good player. Outperformed his contract. Surely not a guy you want to give a second contract to unless you get him exactly at your price point. If you have to compete with the market at all for him. Thanks, Jawan. Go get your bag <laughs> somewhere else. So hopefully the Niners can restock there. It has been as exciting a free. I, I can't even. I'm stunned yesterday. The last thing I thought I was going to have to do is, holy crap, the Niners just signed one of the best free agents out there. We need to talk about this. And yet here we are. And it's never boring with this team, Steph, ever. It, sometimes it's for bad reason. Today, <laughs> in the last couple of days, it's been for good reason. So I'm thankful for that. That is very true. Well, thank you for listening to us again. Subscribe and like the YouTube channel, Gold Standard Podcast Network. Subscribe and like Steph's YouTube channel, 49 Carrots, and rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. We will be here with you all off-season long. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.